What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. It is Tony Catalina alongside my guy Aiden Davis. Aiden, uh, this is not like our typical free agency conversation we have as Dallas Cowboys. We're participants, all right? We're not sitting on the sideline anymore, <laughs> and uh, we'll get into that plenty. But how are you doing this week, man? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. My the team I'm rooting for, I. I actually get to read headlines when I get to see a Bleacher Report article pop up about the moves we're making. And it's not just uh, Cowboys have re-signed this person or they're quote-unquote interested in this person. Like, actual moves? This is the first, might be the first time in my life that I've seen it. So, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I've had a great week. It's been exciting. And on top of that, because it's March and we would be remiss not to at least bring it up. Your Longhorns are still fighting hard. I mean, they're in the, what, the yep. sweet, sweet 16 now. They're, as we record, they haven't been bounced out yet. So that's another good feeling for you this week. Sweet 16 for the first time since 2008. And I am, I'm, no, I'm a football, I'm a Texas Longhorn football guy at heart. Like, that's the main sport that I root for. But now that we're actually doing well in basketball for the first time in forever, I'm officially nervous about, I think we're playing Xavier next. So looking your, forward to the Longhorns. In your undergrad, how, how many basketball games did you go to? Ooh, it's tough because, so we got a new arena the year after I graduated. So this past mm. season, they were playing in a new arena. And before the arena was a complete dump and wow. it was a place that was like, it was, took 45 minutes to get to. Oh, I probably okay. went to like, one a year i'd say mm. probably like four total games in my undergrad and so we, we talk we talk all the time ah, I, you know what um I, i'm such it's funny i'm so casual about all sports except for football well i would yep. say i'm a big i'm a big red sox fan right so i'm a big red sox guy but that's like a fraction of how much of a cowboys fan i am so um the cowboy stuff like it will mess my weeks up it will mess my meals up like i won't be in the right state of mind for until like thursday when the cowboys lose maybe it's the nature of the beast because of the sport but like baseball i can shake it off maybe because there's 162 of them but i answer that to say basketball is it's whatever you know i'm i'm betting on it now so that's fun it gives it more meaning but like i said before i'm not too too interested in Unless it's a 16 knocking out a one seed like we saw this weekend, that's fun stuff. But other than that, I'm not too, too uh, moved by it. Yeah, it's not a, it wasn't necessarily fun stuff for the Davis household because my sister goes to Purdue. And so, oh man, you can imagine, yeah, you can imagine the meltdown that happened when she thought Purdue was a national title contender and they get <laughs> bounced by the 16th seed. <laughs> I'll tell you what, and maybe this is, and RJ called me out for it because I did hit a three-team parlay after saying the last week that I was no good, that I couldn't hit. Um, I, hopefully, y'all are happy to know I haven't done anything since. Like I've been, I've been taking a beating, but I did say that I think I was going to pick the Longhorns to win it all. So you know, the fact that in the Sweet Sixteen is, um, I feel pretty good about that. I, I don't know if many people were picking them, but I thought about picking Texas. I'm enjoying it so far. It's yeah. It's fun, I, you know, it's yeah. a good time to be in Texas right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but until the Texas Rangers season starts, then yeah. I guess if you're an Astros fan, congratulations. You picked the right team in Texas. Yeah, and before I kind of, I was just burning about that because um, I was just thinking about it. Um, have you watched any of the World Baseball Classic at all? A little bit. of. I've tried to catch it where I can. I just, it definitely seems like this is a, 
it's so cool to see how like the participation the viewership in other countries and then you just get to the u.s and it seems like we can't buy people <laughs> to tune into it i don't know i've i've watched a little bit of it i you know what i tuned you? i tuned into the venezuela i mean we're recording this on sunday so i were tuned into venezuela versus the u.s on saturday night that was electric i mean i, I saw when trey turner hit the grand slam like that was some good television that was fun um there's always some more juice to it when it's like na nations involved in it and, and you know countries versus country everybody can rally together i think it's fun um i think i think the world baseball classic has a chance to grow if they like you know put things together and hopefully guys aren't getting hurt like they have been in such weird fluky yeah. ways like we've seen but you know it, it only happens what like once four six years like you know olympics do so it's a it's a small problem it's a small risk and you know i think some of the best plays and you said you just mentioned it these players like really enjoy it like there's some real intensity to it so i think it's fun i think i'm enjoying it but that was a distraction for us to normally have <laughs> now with the Cowboys doing so much stuff. Like we actually have things to talk about. And as we record this, we're only about an hour or two after the Cowboys traded for Brandon cooks. They traded a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 sixth round pick for Brandon cooks with the Houston Texans eating 6 million of his $18 million contract, which gives the Cowboys Brandon cooks on the books for $12 million solidified their wide receiver too. How do you feel about it? Aiden? What is your first initial thoughts about this? Cause I think this is a home run signing home run, you know, trade really. It's a home run trade. The one thing else, I think two things can be true at the same time. Number one is to get Brandon Cooks for a fifth and a sixth round pick is unbelievable value for the Cowboys. I mean, you're talking about a receiver who has hit a thousand yards in every season where he's played all 16 games. I mean, I, I believe, yeah, that's the case. And now I, gr I granted in 2014, he played 14 and only hit 600. So he probably wasn't going to do it in that year. But to get a receiver like that, for a fifth and a sixth round pick. And we're not talking about a guy who's even that old. I get that he's changed teams a lot, but he's still 29. So we're still talking about a pretty youthful receiver. This is an incredible trade for the Cowboys. That's one thing that can be true. But I, I'm i still on, like, I see the argument of, yeah, having a player like Hopkins, having a player like Mike Evans, he probably would help you out a little bit more just because he's going, that can be, that the players, receivers like that are difference-making wide receiver ones. Brandon Cooks is at this point is a wide receiver two, a very, very solid wide receiver two, and he's going to compete for Gallup to be the wide receiver two. I even expect him to win that wide receiver two competition. But, I mean, so I think both things can be true. You can be a little bit disappointed that they didn't sign, like, or that they didn't trade for one of those big-name bona fide wide receiver ones while also acknowledging this is an incredible trade that is going to help the Cowboys out in 2023. Yeah. So my, my initial thoughts on the Brandon cook signing is, is one of this, right? This is what we've asked the Cowboys to do, but this is about as much the Cowboys were going to extend themselves. They were going to never, I, in my mind, as much as I wanted them to sign a DeHandre Hopkins or, or make a, another trade with a high value pick or big money. That's just not who this front office is. So you're sitting here and telling me you got a 29 year old wide receiver who, like you mentioned, with the thousand, you know, what has he had? Only one year or two years where he didn't have a thousand yards in a season. After it's, his rookie year, he's only had two years where he didn't hit a thousand. Right. So for me, this is a home run signing in the sense that you got a field stretcher 
and you got a guy who can run routes crisply. He's um, exactly what this team needed as far as speed goes. Brandon Cooks in the fold is such a good move for the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, with this offense. Um, I got to give the flowers to the front office for finally doing something. And, and, you know, to others, it may look like a medium side move like we've talked about before. It's not a, it's not a splash in the sense that you're giving up like an arm and a leg to do it. You're giving up a fifth round pick. You're giving up a sixth round pick next year. The Cowboys have found a way to get creative in compensation, but also it's extremely making the team better. And now I know you said there's a conversation between the Michael Gallup and the Brandon Cooks. I think it's Brandon Cooks is too. And I think it'll be an easy win for him in that situation. And, um, but you feel really good about it. This is the type of move that like we were hammering for last year. I wonder what last year would look like if they had made this move, but moving forward in 2023, as long as he's healthy, you love it. Yeah. And to me, we, I don't know if we've seen full potential of what Brandon Cooks can really do. I mean, we haven't seen his, we haven't seen him play with a quarterback like Dak Prescott since. I mean, you can say, yes, he played in 2017, he played with the Patriots in New England, which, I, yeah, he's playing with Tom Brady. Obviously, Tom Brady is, and especially in 2017, was a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. But in 2017, the way that the New England Patriots offense runs, they don't run through one receiver. They run through multiple wide receivers that, I mean, it's Julian Edelman. It's Gronk's getting involved. It's a lot of swing passes to the running back. The last time where Brandon Cooks has been the bona fide wide receiver one playing with a competent quarterback was in 2016 with Drew Brees on the Saints. And so there's a very solid chance that we haven't, like what we've seen from Brandon Cooks out of the last five years, especially where he's getting thrown passes from um, Jared Goff and Davis Mills, he could look, he could look ex- exponentially better than what we're seeing. And so to me, outstanding signing, especially after years of the Cowboys sitting on their hands and doing nothing. To me, this is just such a drastic change that I'm going to be happy. No, I'm, I'm not going to complain about this at all. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, I think it is a great move with this. And then uh, we can kind of talk about a little bit with the, the Stefan Gilmore, which is another move we didn't really get to talk about, didn't really get to see all that much because uh, we record on Sundays. So this happened after that. Um, another big move, the Cowboys trade a fifth round pick for Stefan Gilmore, bring him into the fold. I think this is another one of those moves that we feel really good about as Cowboys fans. I think, um, you know, you bring somebody in who is going to be a bona fide cornerback number two to put on the other side of Trayvon Diggs. You feel really good about that. Um, this is just un- uncharted territory for us as Cowboys fans, right? Like this is something that we've been clamoring for them to do. Now you feel really good about the depth at cornerback. At least I do, right? With Trayvon Diggs, you got Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland could be that inside guy. Um, Jordan Lewis is in the fold with his contract. And then um, you kind of just duke it out and see what the the Nation rights and the Kelvin Joseph is going to do. But you know, the wild card that we saw in the playoffs was Israel Mukwamu, right? Yeah. So he's in the fold now as somebody that can really help you. Um, and it doesn't, in none of these moves, whether it's Gilmore or Brandon Cooks, stops you from draft, drafting the best player available, right? You could take a, a cornerback or a wide receiver and it would be totally justified. So as I sit here, um, it's a rare it's a rare conversation to be able to sit here and actually have some positive things to say about the front office and, and truly mean it. Like the, the front office did a good job and, and we got to applaud them for it. 
Yeah, I think for the, I mean, the Cowboys are a better team heading into 2023 than they were in 2022, and they were a 12 win team in 2020. This is exciting. This is the Cowboys addressed the biggest needs they had. They clearly, Dak Prescott needed additional support. Check. Brandon Cooks for a fifth and a sixth round pick. Pro Bowler, Brandon Cooks for a fifth and a sixth round pick. Oh, the the secondary looked a little shaky over the back half of the year because guys like Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown went down to injury. Well, let's just add another Pro Bowl cornerback. I get it. Neither of these players are going to make the Pro Bowl in 2023, likely. I mean, probably. We're not going to see Stephon Gilmore or Brandon Cooks emerge as a Pro Bowl player. But you're adding very solid support to two areas of the ball that needed it, the two most common areas that people were mocking to the Cowboys. And so now you're right. The Cowboys have incredible flexibility in the draft. And to hit on Stephon Gilmore, I think Stephon Gilmore is a very similar player to Bobby Wagner in that when we talked about Bobby Wagner a few weeks ago, I said that he was a player that was doing very well for his age at he was contributing in a big way the only issue is he was playing on a team that nobody really cared about so he wasn't getting that attention to me all of those same same things apply to stefan gilmore he had a very impressive season especially for his age and he but the issue was is he was playing on the colts and nobody really cared about the colts um because they were a very difficult team to watch and so this is to me an another incredible move the cowboys have been knocking it out of the park for the first time in i don't for the first time in free agency since i don't likely i've been alive i don't know when the last time is my question for you is say without taking say we have a equally good players at every position i know that's never going to happen but just to gauge your sense of where you want the cowboys to go in the draft now a a plus players available at every position. Where are you going if you're on the clock at 26? I mean, it's it's a tough question to answer because, like you said, if all things are equal, I don't think there is a wrong answer, right? I think I think now more so than ever in my mind puts that offensive guard position more to the yeah. forefront, right? If if you think that you don't want to move Tyler Smith from left tackle and maybe Tyron Smith, you know, and this is crazy to think about in my mind because of his pedigree and who he is. Is he if he's your swing tackle now, you need to find a guard to play at left guard. I don't know if Matt Farniak is the answer there. I don't know if that's where I would go personally, but now guard becomes a real situation. Are you talking about Osiris Torrance from you know from Florida? Or are you talking about the guy out of TCU? His name is kind of um a it's slip. A v, a v, yeah, Avila, something is it like Steve that. Avila or something, whatever the case. Yeah, yeah. we're in the same place, but yeah. you know, whether it's guard, but also at the same time if you know a cd lamb situation happens where you don't think one of these wide receivers are going to be there false to you you can still feel good about that i mean the guy that i've always wanted he's not going to get to us but you know my very first mark mark mock was joey porter joey porter's not going to get down there but if because you get stefan gilmore i don't think you're ever going to not take joey porter if he's sitting there at 26 so um it's a great question you know kind of stumped me with who i want i but because of this and why my answer is so you know befuddled i guess is because of how well they did to put us in this position crazy hypothetical scenario we've heard some rumblings that teams are starting to lose not lose interest but one player slipping through people slipping down people's draft boards quentin johnson falls to you at 26 you taking him i am i would yeah i think um, this is uh (laughs) this is an offense or an nfl that is based on an offense where the more weapons you got 
the more bullets in the gun you have, like go out there shooting, right? So 50 burger, yep. team 50 burger. So uh, I think it's, you can never have enough weapons, but, you know, also sitting there, I don't know if he'll make it to us either, but Nolan Smith is somebody that I've talked about. I don't know if he would have been the pick there, but if you feel comfortable with what you've done with the other places and other positions, you go and get you a, a freaky defensive end to go pair up with Micah Parsons and Doris Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence. Like you're never gonna be a bad football team if you go out there and get a freak pass rusher too. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Completely agree. And I mean, we'll talk about this more as the draft season approaches, but one position that I think has been kind of ignored that I think the Cowboys could conceivably go with. I, an, if it, if an athletic linebacker falls to them at, I mean, I know you mentioned Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith, he's, he'll play mostly edge de- defensive end, right? It's he's yeah. pure yeah. edge. Yeah. So if more, but if more of an off uh, athletic linebacker falls to you at 26, that could really help out your defense. If you get a guy that took, pair with Leighton Van Der Esch, who's obviously not as fast. Not he, he he navigates the boundaries pretty well, but not not really going to be that athletic freak of a linebacker. A guy like that falls you at 26. I'd be fine with it. We talking like a Derek Sanders too or from, from Arkansas? I mean Yeah. I mean, I mean I, is Derek I Sanders projected to be a first rounder? Early. I think I thought, early on. Okay. I think he fell off a little bit, but yeah, you know that's what, um, yeah. you know early on, but he's somebody that they were trying to say had, you know, the mold of Micah Parsons at some point. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if somebody, if any team is going to draft on traits, it's going to be the Cowboys. Right. If they see <laughs> a mold, they like in the room already, they could go that way. I'm not advocating for an off the ball linebacker in the first round. We, we don't need to do that personally, but, but this is the beauty of it. They put us as they put themselves in a situation where they can do anything and we'd feel good about it. Yep. I'm, I'm fine with off the, that's you're right. Safety, defensive tackle, off-ball linebacker, like everything is on the table for the Cowboys during the draft, and that is because they have knocked out of the park in free agency. So speaking of free agency, because we just talked about that, does this move to you signal uh, a changing of the guard in philosophy and how they handle free agency, or do you think this is more of the same, just with a little bit more out on a limb? Because, you know, part of me wants to say, while I let you think about it, is um, part of me wants to say like, okay, this is them learning from their mistakes. But also a part of me is saying like, I think they've always had this in them. Just the names and the players are better, right? They're just, they're, they're making a little bit more risque moves, I guess, or more bigger splash moves. But the principles of who they are is still the same. They're just doing it with bigger names. 
this is going to be a cop-out answer and I'll try and get to form a more conclusive answer in a little bit, but it's, I think we're going to need to wait until 2024 to know, because here's the thing, what we heard from at the end of 2020, at, at the end of last season, it, guys like Micah Parsons, guys like Trayvon Diggs, even Dak Prescott a little bit, they're being very vocal about like, can, can we get some talent, more talent in the building? Can we finally spend on free agency? And I think Micah Parsons was the most vocal about this, especially when, um, the Jalen Ramsey trade happened and Mike had clearly was not happy that the Cowboys weren't able to acquire a guy like Jalen Ramsey for what it cost. But so I think Jerry and Steven, their backs were almost up against the wall where if they went another off season without doing anything, I think the a, the Cowboys fans and B even players in the Cowboys locker room, I think it would have just gotten too difficult for them. Like, they needed to do something or else there would have been an uprising at that point after years and years of sitting on their hands. So they did it this year. I mean, granted, it wasn't like they like we talked about earlier. It wasn't a guy like Hopkins. It wasn't Evans. It wasn't tra- trading for Jalen Ramsey. They still haven't signed Bobby Wagner, although apparently they might still be interested in him. So it, it wasn't anything splashy like that. But it's still big names that you're bringing on to the team and you're giving up draft capital to do it instead of just taking a risk at the back end of free agency. And so I don't know. I think we're going to have to wait until 2023 or 2024, the 2024 offseason to know. But I lean towards no. I just think the the noises were getting too big for this Joneses to ignore. Yeah, I think um, we had talked about all all season we we saw the moves i mean at least personally and i know you can vouch for it because i've said it here i just felt like they maybe thought this team or didn't know this team was as good as they actually were right so then they found themselves scrambling for a ty hilton or some other guys to try to come in and fill the gaps on a team that they maybe thought like maybe at the beginning like oh man i don't know if we're as good as we think we are we'll compete like we'll you know probably be a playoff team but it ended up being more than that this defense ended up being a lot better than that cooper rush kept the train on the tracks and i think 2022 caught them by surprise in the sense that like okay we have a real chance to do something here they were in on jerry judy they were in on brandon cooks last year we talked about obj like this is this is them kind of not even veering off from the plan. They've kind of told us that they were looking to do something like this for almost a year now. So um, you feel pretty good about this. Um, you know, to answer the question we have for the segment in totality, I think that um, there is a philosophical, you know, philosophical change, so to speak. I think that it's it's going to always be tempered compared to the other teams that we had talked about on a prior show. Um, you know, teams like the Jaguars go crazy. Or the Chicago Bears, you know, spending a ton of money. The Cowboys will never be that. Cowboys will never operate that way. And that's fine if they're going to make moves like this. Like, these are two moves that... We feel really good about it. We're excited about it. It's like dopamine for us. Like we just got to charge up from this. So it's uh, if, if you're a Cowboys fan, you feel feel pretty good about this. And the 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 sickness about that is everyone's like, what's next? You know, what are we gonna do next? How are we gonna improve it? <laughs> but uh, you know, from the from the high of of adding somebody, I kind of wanted to veer off to like the low of losing losing someone. And that is uh, we didn't really get a chance to give our thoughts too much on the Zeke Elliott situation. And um, before I ask you your initial thoughts on the Zeke situation um i wanted to talk about the um the reaction from dak prescott did you happen to see that i wanted to talk about that because um to me it was pretty telling right just seeing a guy that lost his best friend yeah to me i don't know if i'm reading this wrong if i'm reading too much into it but it just read in his face of a guy that's like this was not like he didn't already know but this was the first 
like real moment of like this is business this this is like i don't care about the personal side of this they just let go of my best friend they just let go and but now like he mentioned like no more excuses the time is now like this is it if you're gonna if you're gonna cut people i thoroughly enjoy working with this better work out and i think that was one of the first things that i kind of took from that conversation from him yeah i think that there was there's two aspects to this ezekiel elliott move a there's the football aspect of it and we'll get into it later it's the right move 100 percent. the cowboys need to move on from ezekiel elliott at this point but there is the personal aspect there's a player that has been since 2016 been the face of the dallas cowboys i mean him and dak prescott have those two have been the face of the dallas cowboys franchise for the last seven six seven years i mean it's the second they came in it was just like this dynamic duo of rookie picks that the Cowboys have just taken and so you saw it on hard knocks you've seen it in post-game interviews you've seen it with the Salvation Army Kettle Dak and Zeke are just genuinely like best friends in real life like one of the funniest moments from that hard knock season was when <laughs> Ezekiel I was trying to wrap a present for Dak Prescott I mean these or was it the opposite way around no no Zeke, yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah, Zeke trying to wrap a present for Dak it, it's just I understand, like, I understand Dak being hurt. And, like, I think all of Cowboys Nation is kind of going through this where we're like, dang, it's a player that we've rooted for for six, seven years. And although, yeah, clearly it's the right move and clearly a business decision, we can still be bummed about losing the player, losing the personality, losing the the Ezekiel Elliott, who was a star from the moment he popped on the scene. But at the same time, if these Cowboys, if these Dallas Cowboys players who are talking about like making the eyeball emoji saying, oh, we need to get this player. Let's go after this player. Oh, we need to be aggressive here. If you if all those things, if you guys want the Cowboys to be aggressive, you want the Cowboys to win, you want the team to be put in the best possible position to win. You have to realize this is the right move. Yeah, on on the on the football side of things, this is definitely the right move. You know, I'm I'm an Ezekiel Elliott guy, first and ten podcast um for history over the year that we've been doing this. Um we we've been pro Zeke, at least two thirds of us have been pro Zeke, you know, in this situation. But understanding when a move has to be made, I understand that on the football side of things. But you know, and so as far as I'm concerned, the uh, the Cowboys did what they had to do. That's totally fine yep. in my sense. They had the move had to be made. They try. It sounds like they tried to make it work with the financials to try to keep them around. It didn't work for both sides. So Ezekiel isn't here anymore. But what I'm nervous, or not nervous, but more like paying attention to now, is the the Dak Prescott's demeanor about the whole thing, right? Like this is a guy who, um, you know, he's always been on on the ball. He's been on the on point. He handles everything so well in the public eye, and you know, it just to see the visible like displeasure yeah. right which was tough it's i don't think it's it, it may mean absolutely nothing because he's a consummate pro he's a professional and he's going to go out there and do his thing and be totally fine but just that little pause of like this stung like you know he's he's lost friends before like there's guys on the team that are no longer here that he's friends with but but this one was kind of just like all right <laughs> you're going to make me lose my guy. Like we better yeah. do something here. And like, this better be worth it because you know, it, it, sometimes you, you forget like, Oh man, they play a, a game for millions and that's just, you should be good with it. But there's real human emotion. It's like having a coworker that you've become best friends with and he, you know, and you lose him. He's not going to be there anymore. It's going to be a, a change, right? It's, he even mentioned it's going to be different about, you know, being on the field without him. So um, maybe I'm putting too much thought into it, but ultimately that's kind of what I took from it because the move itself, 
doesn't need to be talked about too much because it was the right move. I just was yep. looking at the leader of this ball club, number four, and how he handled it is kind of what my mind went to initially. Yeah, and one of the most depressing things I've seen this week was when Dak Prescott posted the two one four picture with just the hat. Like that was, yeah. it, you're it's heartbreaking. I mean, Dak, it, I've never seen outside of. I, like it doesn't really happen in the NFL where you just have two players that are just like they mesh so well. Like it's in the it's actually kind of common in the NBA. Like there's examples of Russell Westbrook and I don't remember the player who used to do that dances with before pregame every yeah, game. But who like is that? I know Bobon and like Tobias Harris were for anyway. There's just like in other sports you kind of get that closeness and it happens in the NFL. But like a bond like this, it really doesn't happen all that often. So. You're right. It is going to take Dak Prescott realizing, okay, that's is it at the end of the day this is business and it's going to take me over, like I mean it's tough. It's going to be tough to go through this and lose your best friend, but I mean we are talking life. about the Cowboys. It's it's going to have to happen. Life goes on, right? You know, life goes on, yep. you move forward. It's just interesting. I don't think it'll ever be a story or anything that's really serious, but just something that I picked up on, you know, we, we, we see so much Cowboys content. We pay attention to it so much that you pick up on the little intricacies or what it, or whatever you like, you see like the little ways they handle it. So um, yeah. interesting to see that, but you know, that's a part of the free agency as a whole, right? You know, you lose players, you gain players. Um, and let's take a reset as we record this. It's Sunday. It's about to be, um, you know, what the first full week taken care of now we're down. It was, it's been one full week of free agency. Yep. So, um, let's give a regrade. Let's look at how free agency looks with the Stefan Gilmore, the Brandon cooks, the Leighton Van Esch, the Donovan Wilson, the Tony Pollard. There's just so many moves that the Cowboys have done. The Zeke Elliott departure, um, where do you on the on the letter grade? Where do you grade them so far with their free agency moves? I'm gonna give them two grades. I'm gonna give them a grade for what I expected versus what they produced, and then I'm gonna give them a grade relative to the rest of the NFL, which is I, I don't really know how we grade the Cowboys at this point because how they've done based off what we expected, I'd give them an A. If they had signed like a Hopkins, if it's or traded for Hopkins, if they traded for an Evans, that'd be an A plus. But Brandon Cooks is just so like he's such a close receiver to that that I'm I'm willing to give them just slightly bump them down. I'm giving them an A. I mean, we expected we talked about this last week and we said that this week was going to be very telling. I'm not gonna lie when when I said this next week is gonna be very telling, I expected a couple re-signings maybe trading for a lower name receiver like a name that like a not i don't know like a name that would be competing for a roster spot in free agency not a name that any of us are getting excited about but the fact that they were able to pull off two trades in the span of a week and trades that we really haven't ever seen the cowboys like we don't see the cowboys make all that often i mean compared to what we expected it's definitely far out even the most optimistic fans, it has to have exceeded your expectations. So I'm giving them an A. Relative to the rest of the NFL, I'm gonna give them a B minus. It's been good. They've a they've been able to add two solid weapons. But at the end of the day, I think when you're looking at Gilmore and when you're looking at Cooks, I'm not I don't I don't know if these are guys that it's like they're gonna make the Cowboys move from plus sixteen hundred in the Super Bowl odds to like plus 800 like it's it's not huge moves still you don't have a lot of flexibility when you're a team like the cowboys when you don't have a lot of cap space so yeah i'll, I'll give them a b minus good yeah. not not smashing records 
Yeah, it's not insignificant, like you're saying, with a B minus. Um, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic in the sense that I think I gave him a B, right? I think the Donovan Wilson move was a good move, even though um, you know, I've been on the train where, you know, I was definitely wrong on Donovan Wilson. You know what I mean? I think way back he wasn't I wasn't his biggest fan. Not that he did anything wrong. I just, you know, took a took a leap and I was wrong there. Um, but Donovan Wilson, the Leighton Vander signing and with a really good deal. I mean, I think we feel really good about some of these deals and the way they're able to structure them. I think not only adding Brandon Cooks, but able for the Houston Texans to eat a third of that payment for this year is a big deal. Yep. Um, have him under contract for two years. Um, Stephon Gilmore, I think, is an immediate, and I was an Anthony Brown fan, but I think Stephon Gilmore was an immediate upgrade over him. Um and so, you know, for me, I, I think it's a B and I say it's a B because the job's not finished. I think there's other ways to attack um, this roster. Um, I th- still think they need to bring Jonathan Hankins back. I think they need that guy in the middle there. Um, I think that'll help. And um, I was I was interested. I thought we had talked about it that we thought if Leighton Vandish was signed, then that meant the Bobby Wagner thing was over. But we're hearing rumblings. You Apparently hear rumblings not. It's not over. So that I mean, that is. That's a very interesting move to really shift and change the linebacker room like in a big way. Uh, I almost wonder how they would handle like Micah Parsons. Would there ever be a need for him to even line up as a linebacker at that point, right? If you got Bobby Wagner, if you got Damone Clark with Leighton Van Dash, that those are your guys. You know, you hope Jabril Cox can give you something. So there's a lot to sort out between now and July and even into August and September. But um, I give it a B because the job the job has been a job well done, but the job's not finished. So I feel pretty good about what they've done. I need to see a little bit more. Um, and that's just me maybe being a little greedy because this is more than we've seen in years past. But um, I'll give them their flowers. You know, it's it's a passing grade. It's a, it's a, a well a passing above passing grade. And um, you, you said it before, mention it, how it's compared to the rest of the league. It may not be as crazy aggressive, but this is the Cowboys and we feel good about what they've done. Quick question for you, and a name that's kind of been ignored throughout this free agency cycle. Now that we've signed Gilmore, would I I think the Cowboys can sign Anthony Brown on a very like sign him to a three year contract, knowing that he's he's likely not gonna get to play much of that first year, but you don't need him to play that first year now because of Gilmore. Do you would you be down for something like that? You know, I'd like to keep I would be down to keep Anthony Brown in the fold, but like is that a you like how are you handling Jordan Lewis? Are you keeping letting, him around? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm this year. What I'm going to do is I'd let Lewis and probably somebody like we talked about it earlier, Mukwamu maybe work the slot and just let them rotate. Like Lewis is now going to become a rotational corner with Gilmore and uh, Diggs being the permanent outside guys. Bland, uh, I Bland completely forgot about the wrong plan. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, no. Bland is going to be the guy with Jordan. Lu- like that's the thing. Like if if. Israel Mukuamu is that cornerback that's going to be in the nickel and he's going to be the mismatch. Do you need a Jordan Lewis? I mean, he's a veteran presence. He's a tough guy and, you know, he brings value in that sense. But do you need the money more? Because it seems like there's some young talent, even if you go draft one, right? If you draft a cornerback with a top 100 pick, do you need Jordan Lewis? Do you need Kelvin Joseph? I think maybe you might need Kelvin Joseph special teams wise now because they brought CJ Goodwin back, but they lost like Luke sure. Gifford and some other guys, you know, Malik, uh, who is it? Um, Rico Dow is not going to come back. Yep. It's, you know, so there's different guys that you're losing on the special team side. Um, there's definitely some back end roster churning that we're going to have to figure out here. Yeah. I'm man. I, our cornerback rotation, I'm so comfortable with our cornerback rotation. It's, not bad. it's making me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, bad that's amazing. All. I completely forgot about I thought, I don't know why, but I completely forgot about Deron Bland. And that's just, 
man, that just made my day. Also, <laughs> Tennessee, come on. You couldn't let us have Luke Gifford. He was supposed to be a like lifelong cowboy. Why did you offer him that much money? Congrats yeah. to Luke Gifford, though. I'm definitely on an island about this if we're talking about some of the things that come on about. Um, I was I kind of wanted Connor McGovern because Connor McGovern would have just like solidified yeah. the guard spot. Like for me, like if I know there's a little bit more money, he got his money in Buffalo and, you know, congrats to him getting paid. But if we could have gotten the ballpark, I would have been okay with like solidifying. Now, I, if you could have done better, then I'm totally down for that. And you still probably can do better, but, but also the way they fill in holes, I think Connor McGovern could have naturally filled that hole. You know what I mean? I agree. I think that if right now the biggest need for the Cowboys is offensive line, would you agree? What would, I, I would be your biggest need? Yeah. I would say offensive line and interior defensive line. You know, yeah. so if we, if they, that's why I, my first name I mentioned was Hankins. If we can get Hankins yeah. in the fold, then I'd feel really good about um, my, my idea. And, you know, I'm, nobody's asking me because I don't run a team, but I love to get best player available um, in the draft. So that means taking free agency to fill the plug, the holes that you can. So then when you get to the draft, you don't feel handcuffed by a position. Go out there and just take the best ball players that you have drafted or, you know, scouted and let's go play football. Yeah. And there's going to be the Cowboys are going to sign minor players still. I'd like to see us sign a couple like players that could might not start on the offensive line, but at least are going to give the some type of competition and more specifically and or more importantly, some type of depth, which we definitely saw after last year. We need you need depth on the offensive line. And the fact that the Cowboys haven't done anything this offseason to address it my like, you know, what? that's another reason that I've, it's a B minus like really after what you saw in 2022 you don't want to do anything to touch the offensive line forget the depth they're signing starters baby forget the depth <laughs> no, for, for once they're signing the starters and we're not like hitting the depth it, it, that's a complete yeah. 180 for what we're used to so um that's funny i obviously say that tongue-in-cheek but um before we wrap up here on another episode of the first and ten podcast uh any final thoughts aiden anything else you have to get off your chest and a lot could change from the next time we talk you know i mean there could the way the cowboys are moving and maybe a couple more trades and a couple more signings so who knows you mentioned it earlier but the nfl is a passing league i would not be disappointed if they still added another wide receiver i mean it doesn't have to be mm. now you you have flexibility with brandon cooks i don't think like hopkins evans obj i believe that's all off the table but sign some minor guys in free agency right now i mean i'm not we don't really have like dennis houston guys like that like sure we have, well let's see what jalen tolbert can do in year two but let's get some vets in to compete with them because I'm always in for adding more weapons for Dak. Yeah. I mean, and we lost the, we lost Noah Brown to Houston. So I think, uh, you know, one of those situations where we'll take cooks, they can have, uh, they can have Noah <laughs> Brown. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely invested. I'm interested. I think this has been a recharge for Cowboys nation in the sense that, uh, a lot of the people that have been clamoring for a lot of these moves to be made, I think there's some justification and some some gratification for the way things have been handled. So I'm excited yep. to see what they do move forward. Um, they've been times where they've you know they've earned our trust. I think this is one of those times where like okay, Will McClay, Stephen, you guys are making some moves. I mean we're gonna kind of back up a little bit. The job's not finished. We gotta go and win a Super Bowl. But I think I think we're all in agreement that this is a, a nice feeling to see what they're doing here. So um for that is it for today. Like I said, the first and 10 podcast. I appreciate everybody listening. Please uh, leave a review, subscribe, do all that, please. It really helps us over here. So blogging, blogging the boys, SB Nation, first and 10 podcast, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Aiden, 
Have a good day, my man. You too.